Hello and good evening, and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees, their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so much for joining me today, my friends. I hope you're having a great day. I took a break yesterday for, um, uh, you know, an evening out. I had a good time, but I'm tired because I'm not used to going out that much, so... Today I'm I'm relaxing. I'm in my home uh, doing the housework. No woods walking for me today, so here I am. Well, uh, I hope you've had a better, a great weekend wherever you are, and 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 I hope you have a great week ahead. Uh, so, I had uh, I had a conversation with a couple of friends um, on Saturday, and I realized all these stories about the, you know, Ramayana and the Mahabharata and the Vedic stories, the Hindic stories. I don't know much of them except what I have self-studied. I really don't know much about, you know, I mean, I, I know from a lot of self-studying, but I don't know much about the depth. I, I can't go into depth of Indian culture as in the stories that, that are behind our culture. Um, there are thousands of stories. I know some few ones. I don't know every single one. Um, and that's because growing up as a Roman Catholic, we were not told these stories. We were kept away from these stories. We were kept away from our ancestral knowledge. And that's why we have the river that forgets its source will dry up. And we've really forgotten these stories. For someone who has not been brought up in a Hindic home or a Dharmic home, this is a loss of knowledge and a loss of, uh, you know, lineage, literally lineage. These uh, invaders not only took our ancestors and butchered them, but they 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 stole our lineage because these stories are our lineage now however bad it sounds i have to say it because i was angry that i could on, i couldn't debate with my friends because i didn't know anything about these stories i mean i know a little bit here and there but look i don't have the depth so i decided that I'm going to not only talk about politics and religions and regimes, but I'm going to talk about stories that, you know, and small details that we should know. Um, and it'd be so great at least once a week or once every two weeks. And I hope that you guys, by picking it up, you'll find out some more. So one of the people I subscribe to on Facebook is called Swami Sunir Malanda. He's fantastic. You can see him on my Facebook page. Uh, Dalit is Hebrew, um, and I've posted some stuff on him. You go to his page. He's a Swamiji. He's a fantastic Swami. And uh, I'm going to go through his Facebook page, and I'm going to... I, I, I chose some, some posts, and I'm going to talk about them, and you guys can go and research them. So... Let's start with our great Mahabharata, written about around 7,000 years ago. It mentions the Sh- Shushruta. Um, there are 100 volumes of the Shushruta Samhita, the Encyclopedia of Medicine. 100 volumes. Unfortunately, only six remain. Shushruta details hundreds of surgical instruments, their shapes, um, their sharpness, etc., and it also mentioned instruments as thin as the hair for some procedures. How will people understand the shape of these instruments? Uh, it therefore gives he gives examples of the beaks, the becks of the birds. This is exactly the same method used now, and the instruments in the in the Shushrata mentioned are similar to the ones used now. Um, so I give you an example here. 
Um, the sensible manufacture of surgical instruments will use only pure processed steel, that's stainless steel, to make sharp and precise surgical instruments. Surgical instruments would have had hand handles where and when necessary. That surgeon alone is successful who was who practice who was practiced very well. Therefore, an aspiring surgeon should know how to handle and hold surgical instruments properly. Um, it's very important, um, the Shushwata Samhita. Um, it is our encyclopedia on um, of medicine written thousand seven thousand years ago and although the abrahamic world says no 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 only 1500 bce we have proof that's written 700 years ago so go ahead buy the shushruta samita uh read it it's fantastic it is our lineage to our past and it's important to have this lineage um it is absolutely great um so here we go there's something else on the shushruta samita um Dr. Shushruta declared in just a small sentence that the body has 900 ligaments. Okay. Um, and, and, and the words used are Nava, Sanayu, Shatani in the human body. Nava, Sanayu, Shatani in the human body. It's such a different... If such a discovery was made today, huge theses is a doctorate, <coughs> even Nobel Prizes would be given, but it's, it was written and no one wants to take a look at it. Um, yet, um, if you go to Google and you type, you know, um, you'll come across a site saying framing within our bodies ligaments are made of fibrous collagen tissue that connects bones together at the joints to stabilize the point support the bones um the joints support the bones and prevent the bones from grinding into each other ligaments have limited amount of stretching ability which proteins joints from the injury the human body has approximately 900 ligaments so you you, you have this on google today and everyone goes wow no one knows that seven thousand years ago the shushruta mentions that there were 900 ligaments in the human body nava sanayu shanatani uh so do buy the book uh, the Shushruta Samhita, obviously, and read it, and you will be, you know, greatly, greatly surprised. Um, here's another column on the Shushruta. The Shushruta on patient assessment methods. Uh, on the 10th chapter, Sutra Stana, uh, <coughs> I'm going to read it for you. <coughs> um, when a doctor visits a patient, he or, he, he or she talks to the family members, inquires about the patient's condition, sees the patient and touches him. Some doctors say that through talking, seeing and touching, a patient's condition can be assessed. This is wrong and incomplete. There are six steps to know the condition of a patient correctly. Five of them are using the five senses. 
and one is through questioning. So, usculation, um, us, aus, sorry, auscultation, listening to the sounds, lungs, heart. Percussion, direct or indirect, touching and tapping to know the situation. Palpitation, to sense the different states of the body. Inspection, using vision, smell and hearing. 7,000 years ago, the Shushuta indicated the use of all five senses to know the patient's condition. Until the advent of modern labs, physicians used to taste also to discover diabetes, which Shushuta clearly mentioned. So that's something you want to take a look at. We're still on the Shushvata today. We're doing a lot of that. Here's another one. 7,000 years ago, Dr. Shushvata knew the difference between mind, the brain, and the body. Shushvata declared in the very first chapter chapter of the book, first book, the Shushvata Stana, or Shushruta Samhita, that illness have four sources. External, Agantava, bodily, Sharia, Sharia, mental, Manasa, natural, Swabhavik. Hindu medicine went beyond the mind to the self. In Western medicine, to distinguish the brain from the mind, uh, took some time. And though the vague idea of the mind was there, until Freud came, the link between the body, the mind was not clear. The body was considered to be just a combination of chemicals. The concept of psychological origins of diseases became popular only after the 1940s. For instance, the stress-related diabetes, blood pressure, etc., Thus, from the 1950s, psychomatic illnesses became popular concept. We may thus see the Shushruta medicine was clearly at well advanced. So, um, like I said over here, bodily ailments have four causes. External sources, bodily, psychological and natural. Psychomatic disorders are due to anger. Sorrow, fear, overexcitedness, sadness, desire, uh, hate, etc. So we see this was noted in the Shushmata 7,000 years ago. My dear friends, I don't know how many people know this. Not many. So you want to um, share this with your friends. It's on my page. It's from Shush, the Swamiji's um, Facebook page. If you want, you can, you're welcome to uh, you know, subscribe to it. Uh, so we're going to, we're still talking today. If you've just joined me, we're still talking today, uh, on some great stories from my Indian heritage, for our Indian text and talking about them, hopefully to, for them to gain support for this knowledge to be passed on and for you to do research and, 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 uh, spread this research to your friends and family that we may go back into our past and re gain and reacquire our uh, um, heritage and our lineage of the of the text and our civilization so going back to medical to medicine straight uh can you see how 
Our ancients say exactly that there are 24 cranial nerves. How could you, they say 24 are related to earthly elements? They did this in just one sentence. Without computer tomography, which also will not show the nerves, as it's impossible to know all the 24 nerves. All races took away welt, books, even people from the Indian subcontinent. Um, and they laughed at us, but this was the basis of the knowledge of the planet. So, uh, in the Ayurveda Sutra 83, they say there are 24 nerves starting between the eyebrows. These nerves inform about the 24 principles of earth. If you go to the Google today, you'll find the same thing, cranial nerves. The cranial nerves are a set of 12 paired nerves in the back of your brain. Cranial nerves and electrical signals between our brain, face, neck, and torso. Our cranial nerves help you taste, smell, hear, feel, and sensations. They, are all, they also make facial expressions, blink your eyes, move your tongue. Without computer tomography, which show the cranial nerves indirectly, there's no way of knowing how count or counting cranial nerves. So our rishis were tremendous scientists and only our local secular Hindus and converted people have no respect for their ancient masters. This is important. Cranial nerves, there are 12 pairs or 24 cranial nerves. Um, and this was mentioned in the Ayurveda I Ayurva Veda Sutra 83. And this is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, we're still talking today on um, some ancient knowledge that we've had. Um, and we're going to go... There's a lot here if you want to go back in time. But I'm not going to go through everything. Um, here's something for maths. Okay, um, butter's system of expressing numbers by means of letters has been discussed by Wish and by other scientists. Okay, um, I have not had access to the um, Prithvir Itiasa of Dur- Durgadas Lahiri, he says. However, we know um, that... Uh, these number systems, um, how we know how they work, okay? So, who basically introduced alphabets for numbers in maths? A plus B into brackets 2 equals A squared plus B squared plus 2AB. We use alphabets for numbers in mathematics, uh, but do you know who you first used it? Ayarbhatta. 5,000 years ago, which first introduced it in his Ganit Para and then defined it as Gitika Para. Um, so it was first introduced 5,000 years ago, and then um, we have Aryabhatta uh, using it. Um, so Ka is 1, Ka is 2, Gur is 3, Ghar uh, is 4, Dur is 5. Ch is six, Ch is seven, Z is eight, uh, B is um, nine, and T is ten. Um, oh, I know, I think it's, yeah. 
Third is 11, third is 12, um, and on and on it goes. So example. Nara Shi Yojanam NR a human is equal. She is um yeah sorry Nara Shi Yojanam okay you have the sure is eighty plus E is a uh, hundred so it's equal to eight th um thousand you you add the sure and the e, um, and you and the sh and into so you get eighty plus hundred, um, and then you multiply it. I don't know how he does it because I'm not good, and he gets eight thousand. But uh, the Aryabhata system of expressing these numbers uh, by means of letters has been discussed and it's been used uh, in modern. Uh, math and sciences um, it's a great system it was there our ancestors used it knew about it um, and we have never known anything about it not told about it in our secular schools but here it is my friend so I hope that all of you can access it uh, there's a book called the 10 Gitti stanzas that's a 10 Gitti stanzas and if you buy that book it's fantastic um so here's another one uh the rig veda we're going back to the rig veda now um up upam napat okay so in ancient times there was no english and the term hydroelectric was not used the words energy etc also were not um were not used instead every ancient civilization used the term upam napat or Yuria, Yuria, uh, Ashva, etc. Remember, Agni, okay, uh, does not mean only fire. It also means fuel, fire, energy. So the Rig Veda explains Apamnapat in this way: water goes up and stays up, with its back towards the towards space uh, that is facing the earth. Um, while it is there as a cloud, you can see it has lightning, vidyut, which is tremendous energy, which Tesla wanted to harness. We know that. Then the water falls down. The sun of the waters, appam, napat, what now produces horsepower, ashva shakti. This is yurja energy, which gives motion and power to everything. Like ancient Hindus, Zoroastrians and Iranians also had the same Appamnapat in their Zed Avesta, um, chapter 5.72, and they glorify the Appamnapat as divine energy from water. Okay, and you can see that uh, very, very clearly in the Encyclopedia Iranica, but in, in our ancient text, in the Rig Veda, it is there. Um, Appam napada yastat upastham jihamanam urdeva vidyutam vasana tasya yeshatam maha mahi manam vahanta um, hiranya varna pariyanti yahavi. Um, so it's there, the sons of waters, it's called, or Appam napat. 
My dear friends, hydroelectricity existed in ancient times and our Rig Veda talks about it. Uh, so people sometimes say, well, how do they have electricity? Is electricity new? No, it's not new. It, was, it existed in ancient times. Um, I don't know if we have time for more. We'll just do one more. Uh, because a lot to do. Uh, there's so much in our ancient texts. Uh, so NASA science... Uh, shares something and says Leonardo da Vinci explained the phenomenon nearly 500 years ago he realized that both earth and moon reflect the sunlight he realized that the earth and the moon sorry but when the sun sets anywhere on the earth uh, fast facing side of the moon this happens every 29.5 earth days the landscape remains lit illuminated by sunlight reflected from our own planet astronomers call it the earth shine it also knows the moon ashnu glow or the old moon in the new moon arms and the rig veda um, Gautami Rishi discovered this in the Rig Veda and it says that it is there very very clearly uh, the moon reflects sun rays and thus we have light at night the gist of the matter is that the power of the sun illuminates the moon it illumines the moon so my dear friend if you haven't known if you didn't know about it you do now um, and I am I hope I hope that uh, you will look into it, discuss it, research it, and share it with your friends and family. Um, and there is one here that I absolutely importantly wanted to show you. Um, and the reason being is Islam always says it invented glass. Okay, we say, oh, well, you know, in Islam invented all of this and brought it to the world. No, Islam did not invent it. It was invented long time ago. Um, glass is was already existing during um, ancient Indian time, uh, ancestral time. So here we go, Bhaskaracharya um, and the telescope. We all know that Galilee, Galileo, from um, who lived between 1564 and 1642, used the telescope for the first time to gaze the stars and the planets. However, before the fourth century, Bhaskaracharya wrote how to use a telescope that is Nalaka with a stand. Further, before the Christian era, there were observatories uh, in India which continued till the 16th century. Glass manufacture was known to Hindus. In the Mahabharata we read how artificial lakes uh, and flowers were created using svatika. If they could do that, it to create glass lenses wasn't uh, an issue. Uh, so here we go. Um, the Siddhanta Shiromani, written before the 4th century by Bhaskaracharya, clearly mentions how to see planets using the Nalaka, or the telescope. Bhaskara explains that to keep the Nalaka steady, you must fix two sticks or rods on a stands and keep the instrument at the height of your eyes. So if anyone tells you that Islam invented glass, or, um, yeah, no, um... Absolutely, it was in. We had it before, um, and we had known about it. Our ancient Indians knew about it. They also knew about something very important: the atmosphere, uh, the five layers of atmosphere above the earth. So, before the fourth century, the same Bhaskaracharya wrote in just one verse. 
Madhyagati Vasana chapter Gola Dhaya Siddhanta Shiramani that there are seven layers of the atmosphere. This includes space and the earth. Bhaskaracharya also said it is well known. Prasiddha, uh, scientific ways of thinking was normal for Hindus. Puranas mentioned five or seven layers of the atmosphere. So right at Earth's level, we have the troposphere, avaha. Then we have the stratosphere, which is pravaha. The mesomorphia, udhava. Thermosphere, samvaha. And the exosphere uh, is the pravaha. Um, and the Earth is of... Um, is of course called the Bhu Vayu. Bhu means um, round. So we have this very clearly written in ancient texts. Um, and this one is noted by um, Bhaskaracharya. So we see that our ancients knew a lot about science and technologies for those. And because they want to suppress it and destroy civilization, they give you caste, Dalit, caste, Dalit. Not telling you that they, all they are doing is suppressing your civilization. You get so weary, you don't know anything about your ancients. They do everything to suppress the knowledge, to keep you away from the knowledge. And they say, oh no, come and convert to us, convert, convert, convert. In reality, they are just corning you lock, stock, and barrel because they haven't invented anything. It was already invented. And the rest of the planet stole it from the uh, ancient Indians. I wouldn't say stole it because in those days, people shared knowledge a lot. Uh, they went from one university to the other and sharing knowledge was the best gift you could give them instead of gold. So that is most important, sharing of knowledge. And today we're sharing this knowledge uh, with you, with anyone who wants, wants to listen. Um, and you're most welcome to go on to Swami Sunira. Sunir Malananda's page. It's on my Facebook page connected and you're welcome to go there and um, have that, uh, take a look at it and share it with your friends, your family, so they may know our ancients as much as, um, you know, our ancients would love to share their knowledge with them. Thank you very much for your time. You have a great day in church and still we meet again.